0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Yoakum Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick Flying Solo. The Warriors just played one of the most entertaining games of the season. They beat the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio down a ton of guys. They came back and beat them 124-120. And, you know, I was like, hey, this is the most entertaining game of the season so far. I was texting Aram and he said, well... Maybe the uh, the first Nets game, the Suns Christmas game, and Clay's return were probably more exciting, but this one was just pure <laughs> stress free fun. It's up there, you know. It's definitely top five for me. I think in those other games, you know, like there's there's worries, there's stress. You know, you want to beat the Suns, you, you don't want to lose. This game was a game that was kind of a throwaway. They didn't have Steph. Clay, Draymond, Andre Godala, Nemanja Bialica, Otto Porter Jr., James Wiseman, and of course, Andrew Wiggins. It was just a game where they just put the reserves in. And I always want to see those kinds of games because, you know, I love watching the rookies, the young guys play, and they did not disappoint. My friend Chong texted me and he said, seeing the young guys come back in this one, it was just very deeply satisfying. And I think that is a combination of how this feels, right? Like I went to this game just thinking that they were going to lose, especially when they just couldn't get past the Spurs who were shooting so damn well. You know, it was just going to be one of those character building, like, hey, moral victory type games. But to see them fight back through this adversity from being down big was very, very (laughs) meaningful They pulled it off. While I was watching this game, I kept saying like, okay, they just need to get over the hump, right? Because it was one of those frustrating things where they couldn't get past being down two. That was the closest they got, right? And then all of a sudden the Spurs would build up their lead to 10 points. And it's like, how did that happen? And you're like, well, do they have any more runs in them, these young warriors? And they did. They did. The broadcasters are right. (laughs) I don't know if it was Fitz or Azabuki for as much as we can criticize them can the Spurs continue to shoot this well throughout the whole game? And they didn't, they went damn cold and the Warriors finally got over the hump. And once that happened, I mean, it wasn't over, over, but you felt the momentum swing immensely. It felt like there were so many Warriors fans in the Spurs arena. You saw blue and yellow jerseys and shirts and hoodies everywhere. And then when the Warriors hit some big shots, you would hear cheers. I mean, it's crazy. And I got to say, man, the future is bright for this Warriors team and this organization. We've known that. We've known that. We've known that as good as this team is, that they were able to draft three high lottery picks in the last two years. I still believe in James Wiseman, but I'll set that aside for now. Moses Moody, man, he got the starting knot again, and he looked really confident out there building on the last game, building on all of his G League stints, the dude played hard, shot well, shot confidently, and played a very very solid game. He was 6 for 12, 6 for 10 from 3, hit both his free throws, seven boards, and 20 points. That's that's impressive. You know, considering the guy was not getting much playing time and honestly, I didn't expect him to get much playing time as the season went on. And of course, he was huge in diving to the floor a couple times, but especially at the end of the game where four spurs were around him. He was on the floor first. He got the loose ball, got it to D Lee and Lee passed it to pool in the corner and pool nailed the three to put the Warriors up. That's huge. You know, <laughs> that was crazy. I I really didn't think that they would pull that out, but Moody definitely showed maturity and, I've said and I said in the last episode that as long as he can keep being consistent and play hard defense and be confident and decisive, then he'll get minutes. I mean, his shooting alone will get him in games, you know, his long arms, his defense, his team defense, his ability to play in a team scheme. So for those of you who don't know, Moody, his whole scouting report was that he was a little bit slow footed, you know, not the most athletic off the dribble first step kind of guy but he played in Eric Musselman's offense at Arkansas so he was familiar with NBA concepts team concepts and so he was further along in terms of understanding the game moody just looks like he belongs out there man and i've said that he will probably push damian lee for minutes next season if lee's still on the team he looks like he might do that now you know like i felt better with the ball in Moses Moody's hands than I did with Damian Lee. And credit to Lee, though. He is a true professional, and he hit that big shot, that three. And to close the game, when they were only up by two, I was hoping they would get the ball into Damian Lee's hands because he is older, probably wouldn't get shook from the line. I mean, I would have trusted Jordan Poole with those two because if you didn't know, Jordan Poole is number one in free throw percentage in the NBA this year. As of now, he is shooting 91.3%. But yeah, all the work Moody has been putting in, he looks good. He looks good out there. And I like what he'll be able to do for this team in the future. Jonathan Kaminga, he had a really, really rough start. It looked like he was pressing. It looked like he was G League Ignite Kaminga, the one who, who was kind of wild on offense and getting lost on defense. He looked like that dude, and he was getting frustrated with the refs. He was throwing his hands up, complaining to the refs a lot. He looked really, really frustrated at times, you know? I, I don't remember if it was after a dunk or a layup, but the cameras captured him afterwards, and he just looked pissed. He looked pissed. And I was curious to see how he would react to some of this adversity, you know, and he reacted pretty well. He started going to the basket instead of shooting outside shots, and he was converting. He hit some really impressive layups, you know? And I like the fact that he thought he was getting fouled, going to the basket, but he kept coming at it. You know, he kept, he kept going. He wasn't settling for outside shots and he attacked. That's what got him in the game mentally. You know, he ended up eight for 15, two of six from three, hit 19 points. He was kind of a, a non-issue until the fourth quarter. So credit to him for staying in it and being one of the key players in bringing them back and i gotta say i always get excited when jordan Poole, kaminga and moses moody are on the court together and let's be honest i don't know how often that's happened maybe never (laughs) until this game outside of garbage time never in important middle of the game scenarios but i just look at those guys and look at their abilities their talents And it gets me excited. And if you add James Wiseman, that future, it really, really shows talent. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56 is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football contests for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code TBPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 and over, minimum age and local requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN. Redline 1 800 889 9789. In Connecticut, call 888 789 7777 or visit slash chat. In New York, call 877 8 H O P E N Y or text H O P E N Y 467 369. Jordan Poole, as I've been saying a lot lately, like the Warriors need him to drive, and he does. He drives a lot and he ends up on his backside a whole lot too. He got swatted a couple times. And he just keeps going and going and he has to, you know, that's part of his game. He was only nine for 24, four of 13, but he was nine for nine from the free throw line and he had 31 points. Hopefully the next part of this evolution of his, besides like staying aggressive, staying consistent, attacking the basket is figuring out how to finish at the basket. It always feels like he gets there and he goes through a couple guys or runs into a couple guys and can't get it over them, you know? Somehow, some way, (laughs) he needs to study guys like Steph and Kyrie Irving, how those guys are able to finish shots. Because sometimes he gets there and he can't pass out of it. And if he does, it's usually a turnover. And if he shoots it, he'll just get swatted. But I love the fact that he keeps going after it. But I think whether it's this season or in the offseason, he figures out some other counters or... Has some other options when he drives and can't get around anybody. But yeah, this just shows again the depth and talent of this team to be out like your top eight, nine guys or whatever and still have this much actual basketball talent on the court. This team tonight without Draymond, Clay, Steph destroys last year's team without Draymond, Clay, and Steph. You know, the vets were solid for the most part, but it was the younger guys who brought that energy and raised the floor for this team. Gary Payton II, that steal where he just picked a pass out of thin air and threw it to Kaminga for the dunk, for the windmill, was the play where GP2 got hurt. Hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he's just like a tweaked ankle if he has to sit out. Luckily, the Warriors have a day off, then they play the Kings, then they have three days off. So hopefully GP2 can get straight, but yeah. This game was a ton of fun, and these guys took advantage of the opportunity, right? When you get this much playing time, you want to try things. You want to show out. You want to show the coaches, the fans, what you can do, how much you've progressed. And Moody did exactly that. Poole did that. He took charge despite getting his head smacked around. Kaminga, despite being out of sorts for three quarters, absolutely Mm -hmm. delivered. I don't know what else to say the game was fun as hell. And just the fact that you didn't expect them to win and that they won, it's like it was it was house money, right? <laughs> yeah. You're just like, cool. If they lose, they played hard. They fought through adversity, but they actually won. So how about that? And in a way, this was a perfect win, a perfect game based on all the goals that I talk about for the Warriors season, I always say that you want them to win as many games as possible, of course, so that they finish as close to the top of the standings, if not at the top. You want them to maintain health and you want their young guys, as well as the more secondary role players like Gary Payton II, JTA, Damian Lee, to get these important minutes, to get this experience to feel this pressure. I mean, some of the vets have felt this before, but like, especially the dudes who have been sitting a lot lately to get that feeling and to have these moments to experience these types of games and to be critical pieces of these types of games. So all those things happen, right? They got the win. The young guys got experience. And like I said, hopefully GP2 is fine. But besides the guys who were already injured, they rested a ton of guys. So they checked all of those boxes. So that puts a massive smile on my face. Lastly, I just have to give a shout out to Juan Descano Anderson for being in the dunk contest. That's actually kind of surprising. He's in it with Jalen Green, Cole Anthony, and Obi Toppin. That's cool. I'm definitely going to watch the dunk contest now. I don't even know, though, if he's the best dunker on the team. I think some of the players have said it's Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, but also Kerry Payton the second is a great dunker and of course Andrew Wiggins, but Andrew Wiggins doesn't want to do dunk contest. Regardless though, can we all just have like a moment of silence and remember those late nineties era Warriors teams that had completely unathletic players? <laughs> where we had no dudes who could even come close to competing in the dunk contest, where the backcourt was like Muggsy Bogues, Bimbo Coles, and our best players were Terry Cummings, Chris Mills, and even John Starks. You know, all those guys at that point were pretty much like below the rim players. I mean, sure, they could dunk, but not with the athleticism of some of the guys the Warriors have now. So never forget that. And if you don't remember those days, go read about them or something because they were rough. So the fact that JTA is in the dunk contest, the only one out of these guys who isn't super young, who isn't like a former lottery pick from the last couple of years, cool. You know, good on him. I'm pulling for JTA to win the dunk contest. I think I think that would be amazing for him and the Warriors and the City of Oakland and the Bay. But also, I personally want to see a JTA Jalen Green final. That'd be fun because you have Jalen Green, who's like a 19-year-old number two pick. And then I think 28-year-old or something, Juan Toscano Anderson, who fought his way into the league. I think that would be really, really cool to see. And then also, of course, JTA repping the Mexican-American contingent and Jalen Green repping the... uh Filipino American contingent. That would be kind of crazy and kind of cool. Anyway, the Warriors get a day off and then they get the Kings on Thursday and then they get three days. Then they go to OKC. So the Warriors, yes, string these wins together because as of now, they're still chasing the Phoenix Suns who are really hot. And right now, as I speak, The Suns are ahead of the Brooklyn Nets. I might try to catch the rest of that on TNT. So anyway, this has been another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Cupino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast was produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and say nice stuff, about us in a review on apple podcast that would be cool too thanks and that's it music in this episode provided by paper sun special thanks to paul amardo for production support see you next time and go dubs